Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Influencer Insights. Uh, I guess it's a podcast where it's getting to be at this point. Uh, today, we have uh, Samantha Wong on with us, and we're really glad to have her join us as she's a part of a number of uh, Facebook groups in BC for models and photographers, and we're really glad to have her experience and her knowledge and some of her story getting shared today as we as we journey uh, through a bit of a chat today. And I uh, just wanted to introduce her to you. Uh, so it's Samantha, and it's Samantha. Uh, from beautiful British Columbia. <laughs> Have to out of there. Sorry. I, I made the mistake. <laughs> no, it's okay. No, because the thing is, like, I always say beautiful British Columbia. It is beautiful. Like, we have, like, the best landscape you can ever think of. Alberta's not as bad, too, because they have, like, you know, the mountains. But it's a lot colder. I, I have never lived there before, but I've been there once upon a time. But I would say... BC is like I would would be like a perfect blend of like your winter and your summer. You get the whole so package. It, yeah, but so it kind of rains like I would say a good chunk of the year, like probably eight to nine months of the year, and then you only have like probably spurts of like suns. Mm. Like, but other than that, I can't complain. I lived here most of my life. I used to live in Ontario, but that's a different story. Um, but it's a different. It's a different vibe. That's all I have to say. Absolutely, absolutely. And you're in Coquitlam. <laughs> Say that. No, no. I grew. Okay, so oh, grew I up. was born and raised in Coquitlam, but okay. I'm currently okay. in South Surrey, which is near White Rock, and is, that's another plane of. I, I, it's very different. All I can say is like it has its pros and cons. Like I'm very more used to like uh, the tri cities in British Columbia. For those of you who are not in um, BC, it's basically the Tri-Cities. It's called Port Moody, Coquitlam, Port Coquitlam. It is a very great suburb. Like you are more into like a he- cohesive community, whereas like hmm. in South Surrey, it's not really that quite like of a community. Right. There's like a huge mix of like retired people as well as young families raising their kids. So it's, there's nothing in between. Whereas hmm. if you go to like Port Moody, Port Coquitlam, or Coquitlam, there is a big blend of like people around my age, 30s. Yeah. Uh, there's like high schoolers and everything around. So yeah, it's a different vibe. Don't get me wrong. But yeah. Sure. No, that's good. Uh, sometimes those smaller centers are the place to live. You know, we live in a small town myself and it's it's nice to go into the the city, into the big scene, but then get back into where it's quieter is good too, right? So, so. yeah. Um, and you're currently working as a medical office assistant, right? Yeah, which I am going to be done for good at the end of August. Uh, the reason oh. the reason end of August is because my, my doctor is actually going on a maternity leave. So right now it's like I'm at a point where like the medical field is not for me anymore. Um, it's just our system, politics and everything else. It's just got yeah. to the point where like it is so messed up that I don't want to get involved. I'm already burnt out. Like Mm -hmm. before the pandemic, I was burnt out. I really did not like my job. Yeah. And during the pandemic, I went to school for LPN, uh, licensed practical nursing for those of you don't really know what that means. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I was in school for almost a year and a half. I was supposed to graduate last year. um, But unfortunately, um, I didn't pass my exams. I had a total of five rewrites. So one of my last ones I didn't pass. Then I have to wait in another cohort so then I can actually move on. Right. And my last exam, unfortunately, I failed. This is before Christmas and I couldn't get myself back in. I tried to like actually dispute it, but they said no. 
So then I was like scrambling to find work again and I landed a remote job. So I work from home. So I don't have to deal with patients in person, thankfully. And then I think from March till now, I just got to the point where like, I've noticed that there's a lot of things that's beyond my control, Mm. unfortunately. And I would love to like help patients. That's my, that's my thing. I like to help people. I'm a very compassionate, caring person, but unfortunately with everything in the medical system, the staffing is like getting worse. There's not many people working in the medical field. Everyone's so burnt out. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like I had to explain to patients, like I know a lot of patients are very eager to like get their exams done or like, you know, get certain things to like get the ball going. But unfortunately my hands are tied. There's only so much I can do. And um, like there's minimum amount of like information I could tell patients and when I told my patients that we're not taking any number of patients after August, and I'm like, yeah, we we're closing. And I felt so bad because there's a lot of people dealing with migraines and you know. then and then stroke, Parkinson's, a lot of stuff. And then yeah, my doctor's taking a maternity leave. I'm sorry. Of course. Yep. COVID, I uh or hats off to anybody in the medical field because that's uh the, the level of pressure and, and extreme, like I mean, there's always a certain level of things that are going on that are above and beyond everybody else in the medical field, but to take it one step further, that's, that's pretty insane. So, so yeah, I don't blame you for thinking of a a career shift there a little bit. That's yeah. Yeah. Good time to be looking forward to the next step there too. So. Yeah. So I think later on we'll talk about it, but right now I was like kind of looking into, I'm actually doing dog sitting. So basically trying to get, generate some income and then I'm actually planning to go to school for pastry school because I actually enjoy baking. So that's one of my things. Like I, that was like a therapy to me. And that was like my happy place. So even if I am baking, even if I do little mistakes here and there, like I still manage to be like, oh, it's it's not going to be too bad. Like, honestly, like I've learned that the hard way I can kind of improvise on the spot. Like one, one. Okay. So this is kind of random. Like I actually made cheesecake and I forgot to buy sour cream. And I was like, how the heck do I make sour cream? Like, what the heck? I'm not going to go back to like save on foods and go grab myself some sour cream. So like, what can I do? I was like, okay, so there's half and half cream. Okay. Add some lemon juice. Well, technically it would be better if it was heavy cream. So then the consistency would be a little bit thicker, but half and half kind of did its job. So yeah, like I said, I improvise on the spot. And I was like, that's pretty intense. That works. That works too. And I told some people about that and they're like, yeah, that's actually what you do. If you have something acid with a very thick uh, cream or half and yep. half, if you have that, that's fine. I looked it up too. I looked up on the web too. I was like, oh, that's how you make sour cream. Like I knew how to make sour cream. I know there's, it has to be an acid, but if you do it longer, you make mascarpone cheese. Oh. So you basically put it in a cheesecloth, have all the whey yep. on the liquid. Yep. That's. And then you you have a solid that's your mascarpone cheese. Okay, yeah. I feel like I should have known that, but I definitely would never have thought of that in uh, especially in a moment of panic and I forgot something. So that's that's pretty impressive. So yeah, so that's why I was like, hey, I need to like think about what's my next step. And I was like, okay, well, I'm in the process of doing a side project for me. Yep. And then I was like, in the meantime, like I actually posted a profile of myself on Rover. And then I had a few people asking me to like, oh, could you dox it? Sweet. And I realized I get paid more than I'm actually my current job. And I was like, is that what right? is going, what is going on here? This is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Like, sorry, humans. 
Yeah. I'd rather get, I'd rather deal with the dog. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yep. If you leave them locked in a trunk, they're, they're happy to see you at the end. Right. So patience, yeah. not so much. So. <laughs> no. Okay. So I think we right should on. move on. We're getting a little bit sidetracked there. <laughs> it's good. I like it. That's what this is all about. Um, okay. So when did you decide to kind of shift some gears and cause you did modeling is kind of like a part-time thing it's been for you. Right. So when did yeah. you get into that and what kind of made the, the transition happen there? So this is actually pretty weird. Um, I honestly don't remember why I got into modeling, but like I was actually asked for people like they're like, oh, can we just like take a picture of you? Because you're actually very like you're very uh, photogenic. And I'm like, oh, cool. OK, I'll try it out. And then um, I asked some people on uh, I think Model Mayhem. I started off on that. And then yeah. I asked some photographers like, if they could just do a trade for print because I, I'm just a beginner. I've had some good photographers. Then I didn't have any good photographers after my first one. I've had to deal with, uh, what was it, the acronym, like, guys with camera? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, so <laughs> here's, here's, the, here's the thing. I don't complain. I don't say anything. I act sure. oblivious to it. Of course. And then, and then it's just like, I don't tell anyone what happened. Until mm -hmm. like, you know, like we go into the Facebook group, you know, like beware of certain photographers, all that. I sure. have some like, at least I have some ammunition to like literally tell people like, okay, stay away from this guy. Yeah. And um, the reason why is this person will say perverted jokes or perverted comments. And it's, yeah, it's, mm -hmm. <laughs> and here's me and just like, you know, in the, in the shoot, like, oh, mm -hmm. oh okay. Like, you know, just pretending uh -huh. it's okay. Yeah. Like, you know, but I, I honestly, I play it nice. Like I don't like sure. people stealing. I just like, you know, try to be respectful. And then yeah. here's me when I return home, don't tell anyone. I'm like, oh, yeah, just, yeah, mm. no, <laughs> excuse me. No. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah, I've actually dealt with a few and oh, um, yeah. And apparently so are those yeah, usually kind of a tfp situation or did you pay for some of these photographers and they're creepy like that or uh mostly were tfp unfortunately okay. um yeah. i've actually done where i wanted to pay a photographer i no, actually i did so sure. there's one actually i did for uh fitness shoots you have to pay obviously right of course um because i'm I, I do compete so i did pay sure. for a photographer to get that done uh when i did the boudoir i actually got someone who was actually happy enough to do a tray for print. He doesn't specialize in boudoir. Like he does it, he does wedding pictures, but I liked oh, him. I like yep. his artistic skills. I like his angles and everything. Yep. I did my, I literally, I always ask photographers, like if I could see the portfolio, like, like, and I asked them like how, how their experiences and all that stuff. Yep. And, and because I was like very tight on, you know, my financial situation i asked sure. him, okay are you okay with just sending me 10 pictures and then i'll basically tag you and you know we'll go from there yep. and they, a lot of them, them were just very nice about it i i think there was a few female photographers they did wanted to charge me i think 90 dollars for the hour but i was like i didn't have that money at the time sure. so it was like i was like you know maybe next time i really love your work we'll find another project down the road to get that done this is like yep. back in 2019 and then we sure. have the pandemic that happened everything fell awesome. apart yeah. yeah everything <laughs> fell apart uh but then for me it's like I kind of was like dealing with mental health like from 20 end of 2019 till now so yeah. but yeah like um for me it's like being a part of like the BC model photography uh 
photographers uh, Facebook group and others models groups in BC. Yep. At least I I know certain models like we'll talk and like be like, hey, do you want to work together? Do you want to collab? That yeah. sort of thing. Like it's great to like have a little niche and community like to actually ask like, okay, what do you think about this photographer? What do you think about this? Yes. And unfortunately for me, like there are certain photographers, I'm not going to name any names. They're oh. known, they're known for like their good work. But then unfortunately outside of like the photography, I get really bad DMs from them. Oh my. Yeah, they were like, oh, if you like you, we should go out sometimes. And I'm like, no, block. And I I don't answer <laughs> because I'm at a point where like, you know, if you're yeah. not gonna be professional, then I yeah. cannot work with you. Yeah, a compliment actually, is one thing, but but asking, oh, you should go out with me, or we should no. like do certain things. I'm like, yeah, no. Um yeah. I actually told a few of the, the photographers in one of my chat group, like we're actually yeah. a we're basically the guild. What did the heck you call it? Um, so we basically we, all of us are like collectively are watching like who comes into the group. Oh, cool. So I, Good. So before I block the person, I actually screenshot the conversation who it is and I put it oh, in yeah. the in the chat and then I'd be like, do any of you guys know who this is? And they're like, yeah, we know who this is, but I'm very shocked that he would ask you that. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm sorry. I blocked this person. Yeah. I can't work with people that are, you know, no. making inappropriate jokes and i've actually there's one photographer unfortunately he has his own business but there's been a lot of complaint about his behavior and i was like mm. i was very stunned by it mm. like I'm, so, i've talked to him in person before sure never in my mind to like think of him as like a very inappropriate person very well yeah it's it's interesting how uh here like people get really confident in the dm met boxes so <laughs> gentlemen if you're out there and you're listening to this uh, please heed that warning and, and, you know, consider the person that's on the other side of it. It's still a person, right? So um, do you have, yeah. do you have a, a, a list of kind of, I don't know if it's questions or things that you'll ask a photographer before you get together for a, you know, trade for print situation, Samantha, or is it like, do you kind of just work with other people, like you say, in your group to, to network on, see if people are going to be good to work with or not, or do you? Um, I actually, well, for me, I actually have done, uh, which call like, I just like ask for people, like if there are any, does anyone know any photographers that would just, you know, would like to help out a model just to start their page, um, yeah. like for trade for print, uh, please, uh, if you know anyone or please give me your website, that'd be great. So basically I, I'll have like people like commenting and then I'll just go one by one. I'll just yep. click whoever's like on top and I'll be like, okay, I'll just look, go into the site take a look at the work and I ask them like okay so what do you so what locations are you looking at like where do you normally work um and then I'll ask like some of the models hey have you worked with this person and what do you think of about this person like I'm yep. looking at their uh portfolio it's it's okay not it's not like the greatest um uh, sure. I have actually taken photography myself like I've actually know like how to cool. edit photos and everything all that stuff but yep. I don't take photos of people I find that that's not my like forte I'd sure. rather take landscape so what why I end up is just like I look at like their portfolio ask questions and then if I like it I, I'll contact them and yep. if I am very like on the fence I'll be like okay that's when I ask models like what do you think about this person have you worked with this person um right. do you think this person is okay should i get a chaperone because i'm actually i'm actually encouraging anyone that's starting modeling right now 
get yeah. a chaperone. And Good if idea. the photographer, if the pho- to- photographer has a problem with that, cancel the photo shoot and tell them no. Because Out. I that is a huge red flag. Agreed. And that you're asking for trouble because I've actually heard a lot of stories from like people just starting to model and mm-hmm. they were trying to bring a chaperone or their boyfriend to the photo shoot and photographer gets really really angry over that then that tells me this guy wants to do dirty things and yes and it's really bad and for me I'm I'm able to do it by myself because I'm a confident person I don't take anything from people I'm sure. not sure if you're am I allowed to swear on here but I'm gonna try to keep it as minimal as I can sure. but yeah like for me it's like I I can defend myself I may be five foot one and three quarters I'm vertically challenged but I'm maybe small but I can literally defend myself Absolutely. that's why I don't ask a chef room I'm very right. confident in myself right. but some people are not yeah. So that that's where I really have an issue when like guys yeah. with freaking camera is that they prey on the young and innocence. And I'm like, that is so wrong on so many levels. Yep. Yep. If you're really doing this to make an impact and to create some art or whatever it is, right? Like yeah. you shouldn't have any issue, somebody else watching or being a part of it or whatever, right? Because it's, yeah, as soon as you take it to a level that makes other people feel uncomfortable, you're doing the wrong thing. and just saying as a photographer, you're not going to be very successful anyway, because word gets around pretty fast, especially with, you know, if you're posting on social media, you should know that everybody's going to spread, spread the word right away. So, so yeah, yeah, good, good point. Absolutely. So there, um, there is one photographer. Uh, I don't know if I should tell you the name, but I think it is, I, I think, <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that afterwards. Like everyone knows <laughs> this guy is notorious of lying. No. and exaggerating things and this guy thinks he is the Cheers, yeah. yeah and and when i heard the stories and everything and i look at his work i'm like this is mediocre work i'm sorry like you're a mediocre photographer and the thing is he's like oh i do like photography for fashion all that stuff i'm like dude right right uh no uh uh like i even the way i saw how he edited is it's not bad it's not the greatest like it's mediocre yeah and then when i see his like his style of like like taking shoots and i'm like dude you are uh, an amateur bruh you're not yeah. that like you're not even that important bruh like, yeah. and then and apparently a friend of mine actually worked with him and i was like you're kidding and he mm-hmm. told me a lot of stuff about it i'm like dude i could see his work it's so mediocre like <laughs> it doesn't take a freaking genius to figure that out i'm like yeah <laughs> oh anyways yes i'll tell you who it is but it's just uh one of this guy is just like you need to stop. Yeah. Your <laughs> ego is getting in the way of whatever you're trying to accomplish there anyway. So, so, yeah, but I think that's a big part of it too. A lot of times people get really high on life or they have one, even, even as a model or a photographer, whatever, uh, if you have one success moment, sometimes you, you live in that success moment forever, but you don't realize that to get to the place you want to go up here, right yeah. above the water, it's, it's a journey forward, right? You got to keep having successes, right? So if you're living off one, you're, you're kind of beat. So, yeah. So being in the industry a little bit yourself, cause you've done this for it's close to a decade, right? Some shooting no. all the way through. No, no, no? I, I would say I started probably in 2005. 
Like I've had like some people like helping me with doing some portraits and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. But okay, so quite well. it, it's like, it's like I said, like I'm, I'm a part-time person. I didn't really take it too personal and I didn't really go as far as yeah. like doing it like professionally. Sure. Um, but down the road, like I do want to do it professionally and I really want to cool. work with some of like, like really like models in BC. Like they actually are yeah. professional models. So yeah. right now I can't, I'm, in the process of like, you know, dealing with my own stuff. Um, sure. I actually want to say something before we move on. Like yeah. some things that we need to worry about is like, you know, agency. Like um, I find that yes. agencies are a little bit of hit or miss because sometimes people ask like very personal questions. I find that if you're getting asked about like your finances or anything along with your address or something else i that's yeah. a red flag for me and i'm just like no no yes. you don't need to know my social insurance uh, social insurance number you don't need to no. know about like all the details of like what kind of bra size i wear i mean yeah we i mean there's like that you know the the three numbers that you have to worry about like that's fine yeah. but like yeah. everything else like what kind of color your undies are you wearing i'm like huh you don't ask that <laughs> and also models too there yeah. are some models are predators as well mm. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you one of them afterwards because um, I actually was very uncomfortable with the, this person, and there's a lot of people were flagging him. No. There, a lot of people were just like, "This guy is just too much," and yeah. I'm like, "Yeah, I know." There's. I have to block him. I have to block him on everything, even my phone. And I was like, <laughs> I should not give him my number to this stupid <laughs> idiot. Oh, this guy. Oh, nope. Again, gentlemen, remember that you're dealing with people when you're <laughs> looking at this kind of stuff, right? So uh, if you want to take it a professional, the only way you'll become a professional is to be a professional. <laughs> so, so if you're not going to do that, yeah, it's like go find something else to do. No, it's just one of those things. It's like, if you're going to be a professional person, act professional. Don't be that's a right. pig. Don't be a slob. Exactly. Uh, yeah. That's like, that's where the dating app comes in. <laughs> But modeling is not a dating industry, okay? No, like Absolutely. I will tell you to piss off, bro. I did right now. Mm. Yeah, Oof. good, good. <laughs> um, how many have you? I guess just to touch on the agency again, have you applied to a couple different agencies that were like this, or have you? Do you have an agency yourself right now, or? I don't. I I just hear stories. Like okay. I actually, that's the thing. I talk to models all the time because I was mm -hmm. actually was planning to get myself an agency, and they're like you just have to be careful. And I'm like, yeah. And, and then I see a lot of posts, like people like posting in, I think we wear photographers and models. Yeah. Uh, I think it's closed now because some people were actually ratting people out. And I find that that is very absurd. I'm sorry. We're here <laughs> trying to create a safe environment. That's right. Absolutely. But if you're going to do this behind people's back, you have no place in this industry. That's right. Honestly, that's it sounds like high school. Like, what the heck? Like, people should grow <laughs> up. Honestly. Nothing revolves around you. Oh, gosh. I know, honestly, yeah. yeah. World's a big place, and you're one small dot inside of it, right? So, yeah. Cool. So, I actually have seen people like, I've seen people like reading that, like the screenshotting their emails. They send it to the group, and I'm like, I even looked at it. I'm like, why is this person asking you these personal questions? questions like this yeah. is what i don't understand and that's a huge red flag as long as you didn't give your information to this person do not sign up please that's like right. like i just find that like it's harder to find agency that are 
very reliable. I know there's some of this, like they ask you to pay a huge chunk of money, but your work is going to be like minimal. So right. it's one of those things is like, if you know someone in the industry well enough, like that, right, with a reliable uh, and credential like agency, then ask yeah. them how you were able to like build a portfolio. How are you able to apply for the agency? Because I know that a lot of agencies now are like, they're very picky. Yeah, they absolutely. want someone they want someone to be very like full-time committed. And if you're not like financially well off, like it, you're going to have a tough time because a lot of the shoots yeah. are like, I think yeah. 200, 300 per shoot. And it's not cheap. Yeah. I was going to yeah. do a shoot in Calgary last time I was out there and everything, everything started at 600 bucks. So yeah. I mean, it's, you know, like it's just the way it goes. Right. So, yeah, but, but uh, something to be prepared for, but definitely if you're looking for an agency, go and, you know, if you're, do a little research yourself if you're going to get into that or talk to me or talk to Samantha or somebody else that looks like they're a part of the industry somewhat already. They'll give you some tips on where to get started. So, so that's yeah. a good way. Um, okay. So we talked a little bit about uh, things to watch out for. Mm-hmm. Um, let's jump into the mental health piece a little bit, if you're okay with that. Yeah. Um, so you've talked in kind of questions about struggling with some mental health from an early age and you've got ADHD and that sort of thing. So yeah. Uh, tell us about your journey there. Of oh, your story. <laughs> uh, okay, so when I grew up, like in the nineties, I'm oh, not boy. old, you guys. Oh no. Oh yeah, the nineties, <laughs> you guys. I'm a ninety baby. Okay. All right. Tell anyways. me about it. Um, so I wasn't living in Ontario at the time. So this is where like um, ADHD was not a thing. ADD was not a thing. So I was right. in hospitals in and out because they never understood why my brain was like uh, or like when I was like learning things I wasn't getting things I had Mm. like a lot of energy so Mm. my parents had issues trying to understand like how do I raise this kid and I'm like I don't even know like yeah so it's like for me I struggled a lot in school like my attention span is very minimal Uh, I struggled with like comprehending things um yeah like I actually have dyslexia by the way um not a lot of people know. And I was explaining to a friend of mine yesterday, like, uh, I had dyslexia ever since I was a kid, like ever since I was like reading word or even numbers, my letters would flip. And mm. when it comes to spelling, especially in, in biology, or even in the medical field, your spelling yeah. has to be correct. For sure. me on tests, I can't spell correctly. Like, even though I know what the word looks like, yeah. somehow my brain is just like mixing the letters all the that time. Right. And uh, even if I per- slowly pronounce it or like try to spell it out, I either skip a letter or I add an additional letter. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same thing with my uh, numbers as well. And it does affect me when it comes to like punching in people's like personal health numbers. So sure. I have to be extremely careful. Um, sure. But yeah, like my, I've been dealing with my ADHD with no medications Um I just been sort of like giving myself like times where like, Hey, I'm going to give myself 90 minutes to like do a task. And then I probably need two hours (laughs) to just like do other things, decompress and then do that 90 minutes again. Like I'm very different when it comes to that. Like, yeah. yeah, Even when studying or even reading little, sorry, excuse me, like small letters. I, I feel like I'm, my head is spinning. Because mm. I find it, it's very uh, small print, just 
does not work well with me. Like sure. my nursing textbook, I, I'm not even joking. It is so small. Uh, and, I'm like, textbooks. and I'm like, how are you expecting me to read this? And then people are like, oh, why don't you get a magnifying glass? Like use your camera to get it bigger. I'm like, no, yeah. it's like the more I read smaller print, it makes my brain hurts. Like hurts. I literally lose interest. I don't want to read small fine prints. I'm sorry. Yep. Yep. Even though I can read it, but it's just like my brain just does not like it. I'm like... <laughs> The struggle was hard, man. Like, like my nursing sure. school was so intense. Like, oh my god! Like, some days I just like, how the heck did I pass? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even study. I just somehow I just, made through. <laughs> I just listen in lectures. I just like pay attention in lectures. But then hmm. people are like, oh, you have to refer to the textbook for like all the additional information. I'm like, oh, sure. reading is boring. God. <laughs> so does that like? I mean, obviously, went through through you know, elementary and high school and stuff like that as well. Uh, yeah. Did, did that increase anxiety at times or did, did you, you know, struggle with kind of the, the background and stuff besides just the schoolwork itself with, with your emotions and that sort of thing when you, when you couldn't get your know, reading was a challenge and. Yeah. Like my anxiety was always through the roof. I honestly, I, I didn't even know I had anxiety since I was a kid. I didn't even know it was there. Like, but it was like hidden between like ADHD and depression because I would be, I would be at school upset and not knowing why. I think the older I got, I think in my mid twenties, that's when I was like, Hey, I probably have anxiety ever since I was a kid. I never really realized it, but my depression came from actually at a very young age, probably at Mm. three years old, because Mm. the way Okay, in an Asian household, we have a like we have parents either they're the tiger mom or like the very mean dad. Okay. I got the mean dad. Okay. okay. Um, but unfortunately, long story short, with that, my dad passed away unfortunately four years ago. Oh, sorry to hear and, that. Uh, yeah, so I'm writing a book. So basically, I'm dealing with trauma counseling as well because I had to deal with a lot of my um past trauma. I never realized how much like past trauma trauma I had it's Mm. no wonder like I am very anxious all the time I have a lot of Mm -hmm. like like built up anger towards certain people or certain things and it makes a lot of sense and I'm very defensive too so working on that and understanding and analyzing my dad like you know my dad was trying to be uh trying to teach me to be a better person and be prepared for the real world but the way that he kind of taught me was not kind of addressed it was it wasn't reciprocated like the way he Mm -hmm. talked it was not in a positive way mm-hmm. even though he had the good heart for it but yeah. it wasn't presented that way and it took sure. me like going talking to a trauma counselor understanding my past and I was like yeah. okay like my dad like honestly didn't treat my brother and I like as teenagers when he was actually in my like when he was staying at home working yeah. he he treated my brother and I like adults mm. so the expectations to like mature in our teens yeah 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 so people don't understand like why I was like very emotional all the time I always cried at school right and people didn't understand what was happening and unfortunately yeah like unfortunately middle go ahead probably for yourself you didn't even realize the pressure that you were feeling right you didn't understand the complexity of the emotions that were going through you because you had that pressure on you too right so yeah yeah and unfortunately in middle school because I came to school crying like like upset and very distraught and yeah my teacher was like what the heck happened and they're like um I had social service involved like when I was talking to a counselor mm. and they're like 
my dad got mad because um, oh, social service got involved because in our culture is that we get a lot of like verbal, psychological and emotional abuse. So right. it, it, in a way, it's, it's considered tough love, tough love. Okay. Um, right. But because I was such an like emotional person, very hypersensitive. So I True. never really quite got to understand my emotions mm-hmm. out on top of like everything that was going on in my life. Mm-hmm. It really affected my self-esteem, my confidence and everything in my about myself. Right. So because like I would come to school, like looking petrified, like the counselor had to like get someone involved unfortunately of course was the right thing to do but stuff it was the right thing to do but honestly when i was growing up i thought it was my fault my dad was mad like was getting mad at me for doing something you know that was actually i felt unsafe right i mean the thing is like being at home is feeling unsafe is not a good thing for a child to get be raised because there's a lot of stuff like you don't realize until like whether it's in your 20s or your 30s where either you you seek further guidance or ther- yep. further like therapy like it took me until my 30s to actually realize like there's a lot of things that my dad struggled with but he mm-hmm. projected it's the same thing with my mom I'm not getting along with her unfortunately but that's a different mm-hmm. story but for me it's like I've been this year I've just been focusing on my mental health like if I'm not yep. going to work on myself if I can't really resolve all my underlying issues and I can't move on with my life who's going to do it for me no one that's right yep you have to do the work yep that's why it's like for me it's like I'm taking the time this year to like focus on myself to like heal because Good. if I don't heal like right. everything is going to compile and it's going to get worse before it gets better so yep. I I think down the road, I think I didn't see a trauma counselor until last year. This is where the turning point of my life. Um, so in April of 2019, um, there was like that, no, not 2019, 2021, sorry. So sure. there was like that Asian hate period that's been happening okay. in the news. Yeah. So I watched, I watched the news, global news. And then the day before my incident happened. So I was like, if I ever saw someone like, you know, being pushed or whatever, of course, I'm going to mouth them off. Okay. I've got pretty words <laughs> to mouth you off. Um, so the day before I saw that, and I was like, you know what, that really irks me because there's yeah. a lot of seniors are being targeted for no apparent reason. Like why That's are right. we targeting senior people? Yeah, And they're not necessarily the same color as you are. That sure. makes no sense. So I, I was like really baffled, but then the next day I was going to school to labs and yeah. I was wearing full scrubs and I was carrying probably four to five pounds backpack. Oh man. Here's where I don't understand this ECN lady. So I saw her, she wasn't wearing her mask properly. Everyone's doing it. You yeah. have to comply. So I was like, Hey, I'm wearing my mask properly. I don't want to bother people. She sat next to me with her mask, like down on her chin talking on the phone and I shook her, I shook my head at her because like, dude, cover your goddamn mouth, okay? Like, yeah. I don't yeah, want exactly. anyone to, like, I don't want to deal with, those are rules, okay? Like, I don't want to deal with this, okay? And then I shook my head at her. She saw that, she got mad. So she moved and then she kept giving me this deaf glare and I don't know what. Like, anyways, I'm like, I shook my head at you. So it's like, like dude, anyways. So when we got to our terminus spot, she was like, she got behind me. She like, I need you to go in front of me. She tried to push me off the bus. I didn't fall. I I didn't fall, thankfully, even though I was carrying 45 pounds of stuff in my backpack. Oh, this lady. I was like, are you effing kidding me? You want to go? (laughs) And I was like, you want to go? And she's like, oh, 
wasn't not expecting that. And I'm like, yeah. And I, and I call her the C word, the lovely right. C word or the mm-hmm. lady. Yeah. Yeah. And she was like, you're verbally assaulting me. And I'm like, you pushed me on the bus. You bus. Hello. <laughs> yeah. I like, I said a lot of her, like I said a lot of yeah. powerful things that day, but unfortunately, sure. um, this lady is an East Indian lady. She's an Asian descent herself. The irony in her action was a little baffling, Strange, but, yeah. and I was just like, so so I asked her, what was your goddamn reason? And she was like, mm-hmm. aren't you Chinese? And I was like, okay, that pissed Excuse me off even me? more. Like, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, why does my color of my skin like have to do with you? Very inappropriate. Anyways, I got mad. I got really mad. And then unfortunately on the bus, half of the bus was East Indian people. So they didn't do anything. Mm. They didn't say anything. Mm. And I got pissed off. And I called the transit police. And great. And yeah, transit police didn't do anything yeah so there's this bus i have to avoid at all times now, so <laughs> i can't really take the bus because i know where she lives i know where she gets off yeah yeah and it's really annoying because i'm like like so why are you ugh. one of those scenarios where so yeah so, so that's when yeah so that caused me to look for a trauma counselor yeah that was well, very, very traumatizing and, and that's that's a great example of just those those times when you know you're having a bad day <laughs> and the worst thing you can do is make somebody else have a bad day because maybe they're they're going through something you don't know right i think that's kind of the one key pieces in in mental health and, yeah. and respecting other people is always that thing where you just never know what else somebody else is going through right and you know if you're carrying a box and you got things on the go and people are crazy in the hospital or whatever right the last thing you need is somebody pushing you off a bus and I, you know, I, you see stuff like that happen all the time where people get just, I don't know, yeah. in their own heads and forget about people around them. So, but I really yeah. appreciated your one, your one point there, uh, Samantha on, you know, taking this time for healing, because I think often, especially when it comes to mental health, sometimes we get stuck in our, our place in our mind where we're at. Right. And yeah. we forget that the best way out of it is to make a decision that, Hey, I'm going to change the direction. And maybe that's taking a little bit of time, or maybe that's taking, changing a little bit of focus, but yeah. changing that direction and saying that, Hey, I got to work on me because otherwise nobody's going to help me otherwise. Right. And so, yeah. With yeah, your, for me, go ahead. Sure, I'm just going to say with your therapy is just wondering, is there a couple of tips or tricks that you can give to other people to that have helped you along the way through, through that process or uh, you spend a couple a little bit of time with uh, with the therapist and stuff. Now, is there some things that they give you some strategies or? It's not a strategy. So basically for me, I find that um, this has to come from you if you mm-hmm. want to like seek guidance, because I've, I've been seeing counselors ever since I was probably 10 and I have never stopped seeing a counselor ever since. Like I've been through so much. Sure. But for to for me to get to where I am for uh, my therapy right now, so I'm doing EMDR. So basically, what that means is eye movement desensitization reprocessing. So oh. Basically, what that means is okay. So in layman terms, is basically you went through trauma. Yes. And in your brain, you're supposed to connect those like you know those wires, right? But somehow they're not connected into your wire. They are just stuck in this space of your brain, your limbic mm-hmm. system. So yep. it's not processed as a memory. Right. So that's why there's a lot of things like, you know, if you have, if someone says something wrong, like if someone called me like, oh, aren't you Chinese? Yeah, of course. I haven't, repro- I haven't processed that trauma. Sure. Of course. And of course I'll get really mad. I'm like, what does my color of my skin have to do with anything? That's me. 
Love acting it. emotionally. So, so for me to get to the point where like, I'm actually dealing with the trauma to actually process the trauma mm. that, so if someone asked me like, aren't you Chinese? I'd be like, yeah, I am Chinese. So what does my color of my skin has to do with, you know, the question, the very, um, Oh yeah. Probing question that is very irrelevant. So like, exactly. that's the thing, like for me, it's like, um, at the time it's like, I was acting on pure emotion. And unfortunately with that person, I could have beat that person up to pulp. Like I was sure. that angry. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I didn't, I was thinking of like, I can't have a criminal record. So yeah. my basically my, <laughs> yeah. So I was like literally thinking about the consequences. So I was like, I can't deal with that. So, mm. but other than that, like, I, I mean, down the road with my therapy, I have to talk about it because I still yeah. get angry. Sure. And for me to see anybody else dealing like with Asian hate, just because of the color of their skin, that really irks me the most. So yes, of course, I mean, down the road, like I will have to deal with that trauma. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, I can't act upon emotions anymore. I have to act on like, you know, thinking rationally. Mm. So it's, it's just one of those things where I find that therapy, if you're starting to talk to a therapy, start out with a personal counselor, just talk about like, you know, you're, you know, what's going on right now yeah. uh personal counseling that's great for that uh they'll tell you some uh some tips you know how you deal with it create boundaries um if someone or something is like triggering you it's like you you're trying to create a safe space mm-hmm. so as a therapist was telling me my level of threshold is getting smaller and smaller due to my um living situation i find right. that understanding my level of threshold helps but it wasn't fixing the issue Okay. And then after my incident, seeing a trauma counselor, we're going in depth about your past history. Right. Um, so basically going past history, talking about it, it helps. But for me, um, I wasn't able to see this tra- uh, trauma counselor. Unfortunately, she was sick and I needed someone. And thankfully, I actually have a crime victim assistant program. They approved my um, they awesome. approved my application because of what happened because it's very traumatic and yes. some people yes. might deal with it as like, you know, it's not a big deal. But for me, like there's a reason why there's just so much of my emotions was happening during that time. So then I got, ended up finding a trauma counselor, but mostly specifically working more in depth into trauma. Mm. So for me, I, I went through a series of steps to get to where I am. Sure. I don't expect people to jump into EMDR therapy right away because it is very intense because you're going to be feeling things that you never felt before and if you're not ready to deal with like anger pain or even sadness or like Mm. you know a lot of like built up negative energy don't do it because honestly you're going to be traumatized it's going to not going to be in your favor so it's better to just start off small before you get big Right. For me, I, I'm a different person. It's totally different for me. I've actually been dealing with a lot of things. And I'm one of those people that I will jump into deep end, mm. throw me in the deep end, I'll deal with it. I'm yep. that type of person. So yep. I will figure it out. And I was pretty hesitant when I started the EMDR therapy. Don't get me wrong. Like there's just certain things in my past, like I did not want to talk about. Of course. But of course. eventually I was like, you know what, it's not a big deal. And there was one memory that I was talking about. I'm just going to keep it as big as I could. Sure. Um, I never knew how sad I felt 
Like, like just looking at my 14 year old self, I'd never realized how hurt damaged and, and upset she was. Yeah. And when I saw her, I was just like, dang, you built a wall for a long time. Yeah. It was hard for me to get her wall down because it just, it was there all the time. Mm-hmm. And I, as time goes by, when we're doing with the therapy, it was just like her wall just slowly crumbled down because mm-hmm. she was like, she realized that because I was there, I wasn't yeah. leaving her, even though she was telling me to like, like go away. Like, this is too much. I, all I feel is sadness. I was like, no, I'm here. I'm staying with you. You're part of me and I'm part of you. Right. So if you can deal with this trauma right now and be with me and see that I actually am very thankful to be here. Mm. Yeah. She, it took two sessions for her to actually kind of integrate with me. So for me to talk about my memory, it was basically, I don't have emotional, I I don't have emotional connection with it. I can talk about it in a way that like, you know, it doesn't really affect me as much. I'm not, I mean, I may feel about this person that I don't trust them anymore, but at the same time, it's like, I moved on. Like the emotion's not there anymore. That's right. They no longer have control over you, right? Anymore. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, therapy has literally saved my life. And awesome. Cool. Yeah. I, I that's a great example for anybody that's considering that sort of thing to get get started with a counselor, though, like you mentioned, because you know, I think a lot of people are kind of they don't know how far to go or they don't know where to kind of get started when they're on trying to figure this out, right? And yeah, yeah. It's a good place to good good recommendation for people to start there. So I, I mean, for me, it is like if finance, if you're not financially able, um, I'm sure there is low cost in, um, income for sliding or it's called sliding scale. Yep. Um, there are counselors that does that. Uh, it's mostly that you're going to be dealing with our students. Mm-hmm. So it's about uh, up to six months. So I was thankful to be able to understand like the therapy side of it. Like when I was yep. in college, we have that. So basically we have students like student counselor that doing their practicum. Yep. And I actually was thankful enough to see three of them oh, wow. when I was in school. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and of course for me, it was just like, I was able to have a safe space to like share my thoughts and feelings without being penalized. Yeah. And I understand that talking to a stranger about your personal issue, it is very daunting. Um, talking to a stranger is one of those things that you are not going to be comfortable with. Yeah. As long as you are comfortable talking to a stranger, that yeah. is a very first step. And also mm. like, if you're ready to like deal with your stuff, like if you're not ready, then we, there's no point to like go into personal counseling. Cause you're just basically wasting your time and wasting the, your money. Right. So until you're absolutely ready, I would suggest like, Hey, um, try to go online, look for uh, like psychologists or even counselors and yep. ask them if they do a sliding scale, if you're not financially able, a lot of them will do a sliding scale. Some of them won't. And I've seen like their sessions mm. are 130 to 150 bucks an hour a session. It's not cheap, mm-hmm. but I know some places they, if they have students, it's like, I would say 30 to 50 bucks a session, which is not too bad. Reasonable. Yeah. It's reasonable. Um, my personal counselor was 70, 70 bucks. She dropped it down like more than half price. And I was like, thanks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Um, but yeah, there are some places like, you know, they're able to help you. And yeah. as long as you're willing to put in the work and you are ready, yeah. then you're good to go. Awesome. No, that's, that's so cool. Um, thinking about your story and, and I mean, there's so many things we could get into with, 
uh, dealing with those mental health things that you've kind of mentioned in some of your notes and that sort of thing. But uh, you seem to kind of come through kind of a low spot and you're kind of coming back on the top. Uh, if somebody else is in kind of that same situation, maybe they're, maybe they're at the bottom, uh, maybe they're coming out, maybe they're entering into kind of recovery time. Do you have any words for them or things that you would recommend that they get started or? Um, for me, I just feel like this is a tricky question because the thing is everyone's different. Absolutely. So for me, it's like a lot of people are very quiet about it. This is where mm -hmm. I, I, I'm like that as well. But mm -hmm. if for me, it's like, I'm good at picking things up. Like if you come talk to me, I will be, I'll give you my undivided attention. Sure. And I listen to like, like your points and everything. Like I'll yep. be like, okay, if I understand this correctly, you're feeling this way because yep. of this, like I've been taught to like do paraphrasing, open communications, that sort of thing. I used to be a community mental health worker. I did a program. So basically mental cool. health was my thing where like, I would give people my undivided attention. I would be able to analyze everything and yep. I could actually sense their emotions. I can feel their emotions. I can actually be able to like, so I noticed that you're a little bit hesitant. Um, is there a reason why you're being hesitant? So like, mm. I I'll probably want to like understand a little bit more. And yep. I mean, I'll be like, if you're comfortable telling me the details, uh, you're more than welcome to share the details, but like, I'm not here to judge you. Yep. And if you're not ready to give me the details, that's totally understandable. I'm not going to push you. Yep. Um, but if there's something that you would like me to do, I'll do it for you. Like if you need some comfort or like, if you need a shoulder to cry on, I'm, I'm available. I always mm. tell my friends, like even on my social media, I'll be like, if anyone's dealing with some hardship, please give me a call or message me and I will give you my end of body attention. Mm. And a lot of them appreciate that. And a lot of people yeah. were, were like never realized like how much I've been through and I, I'm able to like be that compassionate for them and yeah. that's the reason why I was going to school for nursing because I have that much compassion that mm -hmm. that's why I have that much like patience with people like I'm there to listen I'm there to provide you know guidance yeah. but what things are it's just like I can do this on my own time I don't need to be a medical professional to do this but at the same time it's like I see a lot of people that are in, are hurting yes and it, and it sucks that there's only so much that you can really do. Yeah. So for me, it's like, I, I, the, all I could do is just like, Hey, if you want someone to talk to and you're willing to listen for like any advice that I've given you great. And if you are not willing to listen, okay, I'll just listen to your issues and I will try to do my best to understand your situation. Yeah. That's all I can do. And I've actually yep. done that with some people and I asked them like, Hey, so are you still seeing cancer? Like, no, because I'm not able to. I'm like, okay. Um, so what have you done lately and what's going on? And they're like, Oh, this is happening. I'm back into this, like, you know, relationship that's abusive, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And this yep. person keeps like sabotaging it. I'm like, okay, well, you already know where I'm coming from, but if you're not willing to listen, then unfortunately I'm just not able to help you. Right. that's my boundary right there and i told yep. him like this is person actually came to me a few times and he thanked me for being there for him but at the same time now he's like oh repeating the cycle again he's gonna cut and whatever i was like okay i'm sorry i'm gonna stop you right there if you're not willing to listen and you're not willing to put in the work i can't yep. help you because i i've done this ever since i was 21 um right so i'll give you an example yeah i actually had a roommate who was deeply depressed because she actually got ran over by a car when she was crossing. Oh yeah. And that oh was very, that's very traumatic. Yeah. Um, and 
I took her out to see Magic Mike and I was I told her like two or three days I do not want to come home you ODing on any on anything that's right it, it did happen. Um, so the very next day or like three days later, I came back uh, from my shift and I was like, okay, it's a little quiet. I, th- I thought it was weird. So then yeah. I was like, okay, I'm exhausted. So I'm going, going to bed the next morning. Uh, one of her friends was like calling her. She wasn't answering. So I banged on the door. I'm like, Hey, are you still there? And she rolled out of her bed and she had white foam. And that's what that's OD. Oh, that's the signs, no. of, signs and symptoms of OD. Yeah. And I call 911. Yeah. That was my very first time ever dealing with that. And I was, Oof. I was trying not to be upset. I was like, okay, she's still breathing. She's somewhat coherent. I was on the phone with like, like with the yep. dispatcher. I have, I actually did have first aid. So I was like aware of everything. I was able to deal with that. And then that's good. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. But um, all of those things combined to yeah take you to a, <laughs> yeah. A lot of extra yes. weight in your life right so yeah but the thing was with her she was like she was so depressed I tried to mm-hmm. do something for her I honestly was trying to be there for her but she's one of those people she doesn't listen and yeah. learned that the hard way is that sometimes when people are not ready to listen you can't force anything it's for tough. them yeah. it is tough but I got to the point where like I I only have such a small patience for mm-hmm. them I mean yep. as much as I want to care but I'm trying to protect myself because my, like I said, like my level of threshold is very small. So for me, it's like, I don't want to get emotionally invested in that. So I create boundaries. It's, I don't really necessarily yeah. talk to her as much because she's gone through so much. She can be very intense. So that's why mm-hmm. it's like, I kind of keep this huge space where like, yeah, she's following me on Instagram. Yeah. She's friends with me on Facebook, but sure. I don't necessarily talk to her because I know that she can be like, she will drag you down with her. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm not into this. Sorry. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> But she actually told me she's ending up being a counselor and I'm actually very happy for her. And, Good she for was her. Like, and she was like, she actually thanked me. Yeah. It was because I was there for her when she needed it. And sure. she might've been very intense, but like she appreciated all the stuff that I did for her. Yeah. So I was like, okay, at least some people will find some good in yeah. what I did. <laughs> I mean, I'm not taking brownie points, but anything. I no, every time when some, so like I said, like every time when someone like talk to me, I try yeah. to give them my, my undivided attention. And sometimes good. I'd be like, Hey, it sounded like, I would be like, it sounds like this is happening. Would it be possible for you to do it this? Like, you know, like removing yourself from the yes. situation and also like, yep. um, or whatever that I give them and they're like, okay. And they're like, you know what? I really appreciate you giving me all these helpful, you know, tips, you know, like, yeah. thank you for listening for all this stuff and you are being so helpful. And I, no, yeah. I get it. It's like, you know, but like, you, I'm just emotional right now, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was doing that with a friend of mine. She's an RCMP officer. And unfortunately, she's doing like a huge ordeal. Yeah. She didn't give me too much details because she's not allowed to say anything because she's under, she's under an investigation. So, which is understandable, yep. but I, I picked it up what was happening. I, yep. I kind of figured it out. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're being emotional. And I understand that. But right now it's like, you got to keep your head up. You got to be like, you need to put your head above the water and yep. be the bigger person. Cause right now he's, he's going to do everything he can to like rip you apart. But yep. you have friends like me that will back you up no matter what. It just sounds like a very stupid thing to deal with, but it is what it is. That's right. 
Yeah. So she's like, yeah, I know. Just like, it's so, but she's like, thank you for listening to me. I feel like I was complaining. I'm like, no, you're not complaining. You're, you're frustrated. You're allowed to like, tell me everything. Okay. Need some help. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, that's, that's another good kind of encouragement piece to others too, to, to, there is people out there willing to help. And I think sometimes we feel that we're very alone and we're in these silos and there's nobody around us. Right. But there, there are always people around that want to help us. And, you know, often it's just saying, okay, I'm going to make this change and I'm going to make this shift and I'm going to reach out to this person. Right. And I think, you know, if you're listening to this today or in the future, wherever it is, just look, look around you and, and, you know, take inventory of the people that you have in your life to say that, Hey, maybe, maybe I can chat with this person for a few, few minutes and maybe that'll kind of help me get on the right track or whatever. Right. Because yeah, you yeah. can get stuck on your own, own thoughts pretty, pretty deeply. So, yeah. I'm guilty of that. I, sure. I don't reach out to my friends. Like I, all my friends know my living situation right now, but if I talk about it, I just feel like it's the same thing. Like yeah. nothing has changed except for like the fact that, yes, I'm doing everything I can to deal with my trauma. I'm doing therapy and I'm trying to move forward. Exactly. And then it's like, I don't want to drag them into my drama. I don't want to drag them into my own, own like annoying thing. I'm like, oh, so it's like, I have a crisis line that I call just to vent. Yeah. Good. And then I have a trauma counselor now, like to deal with the stuff. But then also yeah. like realize like I have friends, like if, as yeah. long as I ask them if they have like some time to like talk to me, then that's fine. It's the same thing with my best friend. Like she lost her dad from COVID mm. uh, the day after my mom's birthday, unfortunately, like, oh man, and, like, yeah, like I I've been there for her. She was like, I always keep to myself. And I was like, I'm like, no, you're my best friend. I know something's up. You need to talk to me. There's trouble here. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And I'm like, I know you, I know you too well, but you have to talk. Like, I understand like, you know, sometimes grieving it's everyone's different, but no one's perfect. And even for me, like June is not my favorite time of the month. So Mm -hmm. my birthday is on June 18th. My dad passed away 14 days before my birthday. Oh man. Yeah. My birthday is always around father's day and it's, it is a rough month. Yeah. every every year i'm not over joking every year yeah and i get reminded of like reliving that day mm. it was very traumatic because um it was just one of those things where like i wish i could like not live through that memory because i think getting closer to the date of his anniversary it it gets really dicey in my yeah. brain like i get very emotional i relive that memory and it's yeah. like what the heck can i do and then the what is it's like i don't go through that part again no 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 yeah but at the same time that's the only time i'll ever cry or like Mm. get emotional but other Mm. than that like throughout the year i'm just like i'm doing what i need to do i'm focusing on myself i'm focusing on my healing journey and then we come back to june i'm like start over again (laughs) start over again but yeah like um but with my trauma counselor, we're, we're going to actually deal with that. So yeah. it's just maybe down the road that we're going to be talking about it. But for now, yeah. it's just like, you're making that progress. I'm making that progress. I'm actually, yeah. basically I'm my body was like, like, it's so weird. Like how we were doing the therapy. It's like, there's certain things that were like getting my attention. Sure. My very first memory that needed my attention was my, my 21 year old self when mm-hmm. I, I was in an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Long story short of it was that actually I was uh, raped um oh in the relationship yeah i i didn't realize how much my 21 year old self was very hurt by that so yeah yeah absolutely yeah it was one of those dicey memory like i never talked about it for i think 
seven years. And then until the Me Too movement happened, I was like, yeah, I told someone about it. And then I didn't mm. really deal with it. I didn't really deal with the, with the repercussion, the emotional side of it. And then yeah. up until like my first EMDR therapy, that was like the one that was like waving at mm. me, trying to get Nailed my attention. It. And it was yeah. like bawling her eyes out. And I was like, oh, jeez. <laughs> I didn't realize you needed help. What the heck? <laughs> I thought I dealt with it. Like thought you were good. Thing, I thought it was good. No, like I joke about it all the time, but apparently sure. you know, the emotional part of it was not resolved. Yeah. Yep. Still and I, it was still sitting there like banging at me. I'm like, okay, all right. And then we dealt with it. And then it was just like, oh, wow. I didn't realize like you were that hurt. So yeah. So my very first um, relationship uh, was basically, I do not deal with emotional, verbal, psychological, and sexual abuse. None of those. Sure. And physical. If the person's physical, I'm getting the, I'm getting out, and I'm calling nine one one. I'm sorry, yeah. you're gonna deal right with the now. police. I'm not dealing with you. Yeah, good. Yeah, so. Good to have those boundaries. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, you've given us so much uh, good information, <laughs> Samantha, on on your mental health journey. We thank you for sharing that because that vulnerability is something that, you know, even if your person doesn't want to be on on a podcast like this you know, just to get out and just to say, Hey, yeah, I can change and I, I can grow and I can move myself forward and make that progress. I think that's really huge. So, so really yeah. just want to thank you for coming and sharing that. Um, your book is coming out in the near future. So we're looking forward to seeing and hearing that from you. If, if yeah. people want to get a, get a hold of you in the meantime, what, what are some ways we can do that? Uh, I'm on Instagram. So, okay. So this is a funny thing. Yeah. My Instagram name is Samantha Corey 18. So it's spelled C O R R I E. That's my middle okay. name. Okay. I get a lot of people asking me, is that my last name? No, it's my middle name. So cool. my middle name is actually a combination of my mom and my dad's name. So it's Karina and Henry. Very cool. So, yeah. So I don't really have an, a, like a conventional Chinese or like well, Chinese don't have middle names. I don't have like a conventional, like a yeah. yeah, I don't have a oh. conventional middle name, that's for sure. sure. But that's all right. Um, but yeah, like for me, yeah, I'm writing a book. It is, I would say, 80, 80 85% done right now. Cool. I've already I've already written 21 pages since June 19th. Awesome. Good for you. Yeah, so there's there's gonna be more probably. I'm I think there's gonna be up to 30 pages, but for awesome. me, it's like you know, I need to find a uh publication that would you know help me with you know publishing it. Yep. Um, the only issue is like, I, I kind of, I kind of said this like to my date yesterday. I was like, so, um, yeah. Cause apparently my ex is actually a second cousin to Ryan Reynolds. I'll be like, I kind of want to nudge him and be like, Hey, are hey. you able to like, are you able to like, you know, um, hook me up with a like lively? Cause I know how she like, you know, she's very supportive of her husband dealing with anxiety and all that stuff. And she's very mm. passionate about mental health. I'm like, could you just, uh nudge her give me some awesome uh, connection tactic. yeah yeah like like no, it's not just marketing because it's like because this is not talked about um so being in um canadian chinese right. whether you're first or second generation talking about mental health that's not being talked about and actually this is where um the inspiration comes in from like simu lu um the guy from shang chi ten rings i yep. read his book so basically he's the first generation canadian chinese and i and I was reading halfway through his book and I was like, dude, some of the stuff really reminds me of my childhood. Yes. And funny enough, when he was doing his book tour in Vancouver, I was there and I was talking to a few people and they're like, you should write a book. Like, cause you never know like how much like you would impact 
our community. Yeah. I was like, sure. I wasn't too sure. Maybe. I'm like, yeah, that was like, that was a good idea. Sure. Okay. Yeah. And then my birthday, I talking Very to my cool. girlfriends and they're like, you definitely should write a book. And I'm like, yeah. Do I have to? Do I want to? <laughs> I oh, my work. So much work. Oh my God. No, but no. Uh, it is a lot of work. Don't get yep. me wrong. But actually, it was very cathartic because mm. um, I talk about my uh, myself, like in my intro, like briefly talk about myself. And then basically, yep. I talk about my defensiveness, my relationship with my parents, um, my journey with therapy. So, um, how did it get started? When did I start seeing therapy? Um, and then it's like, how did I find clarity? What made me find clarity? And then the last two is basically, uh, what, what is my mission? And then the other one is like, basically, uh, what does my future hold? What am I doing right now? Cool. And yeah, very cool. that's, it's already been like 21 pages. Awesome. And I'm like, oh, geez, I think there's going to be more. To talk. It oh, might be more than 30 pages. Yeah. <laughs> and though I would awesome. say like it, it probably will be about 30 pages. And apparently 30 pages is about 20,000, maybe 25,000 words. That's about right. Like yep. I'm already, I'm like, I'm already like up in the 15,000 or eight. Jesus Christ. Because a lot of time. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. But no, like for me, it's like, I don't mind it. I, I say that I'm just complaining right now, but I'm like, I'm enjoying the process because it That's helps awesome. me understand a lot yes. about myself and a lot about my relationship with my parents and, and the things that I was dealing with, you know, how I saw the issue then versus how I see the situation now because mm. it's so different the way I looked at my past self. Like I wish I could have done this. I wish I could have done that. Like even for me, when I was saying like one part of my book saying that, like, if I could tell my 21 year old self, I'll beg her to not to leave the house yeah. because she doesn't know like what she was signing up with, like with her yeah. ex, like, right. Yeah. And I could actually talk about like that. I w- could actually talk about that memory without feeling the emotions. Cause I think at the time before processing that memory, I was like very emotional because I would remember like the feeling that I was feeling very defeated, very mm-hmm. um, taken advantage of. And I was just like, yeah, like I remember like I was scream- screaming, crying. And I was like, I was like getting emotional, talk- like typing it out. And I was like, no, I can't even do that. I can't even talk about yeah. it until like after I dealt with it and I was yep. able to process all the emotion. I was like, type all it all down and all, <laughs> Get it all in, the words. in details and then that's i was awesome. like oh, oh go figures but like yeah that's the thing yeah. like i find that this therapy has helped me so much and i was able to find more clarity in so many things in my life and especially awesome. with my dad's lessons and stuff yeah. like that yeah but i never said that my dad was an a-hole i mean mm-hmm. i would say that my old self would say like he was an asshole yeah. he was but I think he had a different way of showing his love. So mm-hmm. now it's like, I have more appreciation of his lessons, philosophy, all that stuff. And I was like, yeah, I never said anything bad about my dad. My mom, on the other hand, is like, she's very complex. But I, all I said was like, I don't recognize this person if standing in front of me. Like, right, right. And I understand that she lost her husband. Everyone deals with yeah. grief differently. And sometimes we lose ourselves and it takes about until like, you know, you hit a breaking point or to your lowest point in life. Yes. Yeah. And that's when you deal with, you know, your underlying issues. I've tried to talk to her about that, but she clearly doesn't want to see it. Doesn't want to hear it. I'm like, okay, fine. Then I'm removing myself from it. Sorry. Like if you're not going to see the way I see things and you're still like pointing the blame at me, then. It is what it is. Yep. 
It is well, what it is. I again, thank you so much for sharing your story, uh, Samantha. It, it, yeah, and we're maybe down the road here when we, yeah, closer to your book launch or something like that, we can have you back on and talk a little bit more about this kind of stuff because uh, the world <laughs> needs a, a lot of help. And uh, yeah, being somebody that wants to be there for others, I think that's, I don't think there's a greater gift you can give to the world. So, so yeah. uh, thank you for now. And we'll follow you on Instagram and watch your uh, modeling career as well as you create more and build and yeah, <laughs> see that progress go forward. So, uh, so yeah, thank you for being on. For sure. Not a problem. <laughs> Right on. Okay. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening. We really appreciate the time you've given us today. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I'd encourage you to subscribe yourself and share this with a friend. And while I have your attention, if you're a model or you're an influencer and you're looking to become better known in the industries, one of the best ways to succeed is by increasing your mental stamina and bringing strong levels of personal confidence to the table. And if that's something you've been looking for, I'm inviting you to join me, Coach Ben, for Model Mindset Mentoring, during which in each session we'll meet, talk through roadblocks in your path, dissect damaging lies or repeat themselves over and over, build actionable steps to take you to the Wonder Woman or Man levels of confidence, giving your career the liftoff you need. This process is a lot like a weekly mental retreat where you bring all the burdens of the week, they're dropped off, and you leave with a renewed strength of a supermodel owning the catwalk of your career. So if that's something you're interested in, feel free to message me on Instagram at benq.coach or join our Facebook group. You'll find the links in the show notes below. Look forward to working together.